All right, good morning. Oh, you guys are so quiet. <laughs> All right, good morning. Um, thanks for coming. This is the part three of our discipleship seminar. Um, and uh, glad you guys are here. Today we're doing a panel. And uh, I've invited some people to come up and just share some of their experiences and just have a casual conversation around the topics of discipleship, around the things that they've experienced, around around the things that they've uh, had in their groups or their relationships. So uh, it's a casual conversation. Feel free to jump in and ask questions when you feel or if you need more clarity. Um, not all the questions. I, I've got a few questions uh, that people submitted. Not all questions um, that have been asked or will be asked maybe maybe able to be answered by everybody uh, or you might not be completely satisfied with all the answers but um, it's kind of the way it is right um, no, no one none of us here are experts we're all just regular lay people who have um, who have uh, had disciple relationships and you guys have had the same um, I put my phone number up there if you are too shy to ask questions uh, out loud you can text me and I'll ask answer your question if you can get to it um, Again, we only have about 45 minutes here, so it's not a lot of time. Um, typically, panels like this are like between 60 to 90 minutes, um, but we don't have, and there's a lot less people, so you might not hear everything from every person. Um, and also, uh, I think there's some discipling um, people out here. There are people out here who have discipled others, so feel free to jump in and offer your thoughts too. So it can be very interactive. Um, uh, none of us, I don't think any one of us here considers ex- ourselves experts. But we all have some experience, and we're just willing. These are just people who are willing to share that experience. So that's what it is. Um, uh, let me pray, and then we'll we'll start. Um, Father, we thank you so much um, that you you've woken us up, and you put it in our hearts to, to come here, to be with our brothers and sisters, to <coughs> to hear from them, and uh, ultimately later to hear from your word and um, let it shape us, Father. God. We ask that the that the uh, that your will would be, we know that your will will is for us to come together and have your spirit speak to us through your word so that we might be a people that is mobilizing um, to, to make disciples in our in our communities, in our families, in our, in our nations. And so we thank you so much for this time. I pray that you be with our discussion here. Uh, may it be edifying and encouraging and challenging in all the right ways. May your spirit do the work as we've been hearing all summer that um, only your spirit can do work of God in our heart and in and through us. I pray that your spirit would work and help us um, over the years to develop a culture of discipleship um, where uh, no one is left behind, no sheep is is left without uh, a caretaker. So we thank you so much for this time, these people who have gathered. Uh, may your spirit be here with us in Christ's name. Pray, amen. All right. So just to start off, a quick question. I mean, first of all, this is for you guys, right? This is for all of us to help each other and grow and be edified. Um, it's It's... Uh, and so I, I really hope you guys can maximize this time and ask the questions that you really have. Don't be shy to ask them. Um, just out of show of hands, how many of you guys have ever, uh, since you guys came to Believer, been in some kind of discipling relationship? Okay, good. So most of you guys have. How many of you guys, when you guys first became a believer, or when you guys were relatively new, had someone teach you how to read scripture? So a few, a few hands, a few hands. So, so I think, I think there's a, there's a lot of need for discipleship. Um, it's great when people walk alongside you to help you grow and help you learn how to read the Bible. I asked the same question in my CG, and uh, what we realized there, there was, a, there was maybe a, a need for us to learn how to read Scripture together. So we started doing things like that in our CG, and so I think uh, we'll, as you guys see what's going on in the, in the culture of IGC and what we need, hopefully we can all contribute and take part of that. So. 
Uh, just as a start off, I want to introduce everybody here on the panel. Um, each person will go through and they'll just share uh, for maybe a minute, uh, a couple minutes max, um, their experiences, uh, discipleship experiences, um, and how many, if they, if they were in a group, how many were in their group, maybe how long you guys met, um, and how kind of like your meetings, whenever you met together, what were your meetings like? What, how was your meeting structure? What did you guys generally do at that time? So maybe we could just start um, with Christine and we'll just go this way and, uh, and just introduce yourself and then, yeah, just talk a little bit about that. Sure. I'm Christine. Um, I've been in discipleship groups since I became a believer, so at my previous church um, experiences, and there always were like four to maybe nine women. Uh, I would say it's the biggest part of my journey and the biggest way I grew as a believer was through the groups. Um, the one at IGC, the ones at IGC we want to focus on, right? Yeah. So um, the first group I was in was there were five, um, and I led the group. And then another <coughs> one after that, which Grace led, so that was with four people. Um, for my group, we did um, a study on the uh, intimacy of God that I found through the Bible app plan. And there were five of us. We met for about ten weeks, so it's really short. Um, there are various reasons for that. A few of us uh, had very young children, and one person was pregnant and due at the end of the 10 weeks. That's how I kind of picked the timing. Otherwise, I would have preferred to do it longer. And that's it. Yeah. We met every week. Uh, Wade and... So my group has been meeting since November of last year. Uh, so how, how it worked was we... While the CGs were on break, we would meet weekly, and when the CGs are meeting, we meet once a month, and I have uh, six other guys with me, and we started off talking about, it was a study on, on calling, what it means to be called by God, and um, what do we, how does that shape how we live in our families and in our work, workplaces, and um, in all the spheres of our life, and uh, so that, that was the first few months, and it's evolved into, uh, well, we... With uh, with six six other guys, it's difficult sometimes to cover everything or to dig into into each other's lives. But we try to do that as much uh, as we can. And now we're going through the coma method, which is how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible. And we're going to end in December of this year. So it's a uh, all in all, it's I think it will have been 13 months. And um, yeah, it's been really encouraging. Did you want to talk about how you found the guys? Uh, well, so the the core group of my guys, uh, most of my asked because they were in my CG, so there was already an established relationship, and then a couple guys had pulled into the group um, because I thought that it would be uh, it would be good for both them and the group to be a part of the group of the larger group. So, yeah. Uh, my name is Christina. I um, had never been in a discipleship group ever in my life. I've been a Christian since birth, but never in discipleship. And uh, but I started one last. When was it? So long ago. <laughs> October. Wait, Susie. Susie's in my group. <laughs> I'm so bad with dates. Was it October? Fall of last year? I think so. Wow, that's so fast. Uh, fall of last year, and then the goal was to break for summer. So we were like <coughs> end around June. Also, one of our ladies had a baby in June. So it was four ladies plus myself. 
And I uh, wanted to start with two women that I had done one-on-one mentorship with. So I I started with those two ladies, and then I kind of built the group around them and figured out, you know, personalities and and who they're comfortable with. And um, we, I really wanted to, to focus on, like, like the Christian discipline of having a devotional life. So I picked out a devotional book um, that we could go through together. And the idea was to meet every two weeks, but it's challenging. Scheduling is very challenging. So it sometimes would be like four or five weeks um, in between our meetings. And uh, yeah, that was it. Um, I'm Grace. Um, So I had some experience in groups in college mostly. Um, not so much after that. Um, and then this year, I led a group with three other women, so four total, um, including myself. And we started in May and ended just recently, end of August, so four months straight. Um, and we ended because people had different schedules in the fall, like class and other things. Um, otherwise, I probably would have preferred to go longer. Um, during those four months, we met every single week. Um, scheduling was hard, but so we wouldn't always meet at the same time every week. We would sometimes meet different days or different locations to make it easier for people. Um, so the format of our group was um, we didn't have a particular book or devotional. Um, it was kind of topic-driven. So every week we'd have a topic, um, and then we would share and journal about that topic, reflect on our struggles with that issue. So like one of the topics was envy. Another one was idols. Another one was um, remembering uh, God's faithfulness in the past. So topics like that, uh, we would reflect on it, and then we would read a wide range of scripture, um, about that topic, share about that, um, and then pray at the end. So, Cool. I'm John. Um, I was in a group with uh, that was led by David last year. We met for about nine months or so, I think about 20 times in that period. And it was a group of six guys. It was um, modeled after the Justin Buzzard um, Discipleship Seminar method. For those of you that uh, attended that, um, we would meet for about three hours at a time. It was really long, but um, yeah, went through um, a number of books, and it was really almost like part of it was just teaching us how to disciple, and then part of it was um, the personal sharing and, and practicing uh, together. So, yeah. Hi, uh, Tay. Um, I was also in the discipleship group with David, um, so John has a uh, like John said, we've been going through nine months, um, and then I started another discipleship group um, with four other guys, mostly in my CG, um, and yeah, and we're just going, we just um, are going through kind of like similar to what David went through. We I you know went through the book Follow Me by David Platt, and then after that I went through What Is the Gospel by Greg Gilbert, just kind of to give him a tool to kind of. Um, give them a little tool to know how to talk about the gospel to someone who doesn't know what the gospel is. And then now we're going through the uh, the coma method. So we're going through one-to-one Bible reading, just kind of trying to encourage the guys to kind of start reading the Bible by themselves, but also using the Bible to kind of reach uh, others as well. So, yeah, and we've been going through our group for about a year now. 
I'm Regina. So I've had some <coughs> discipleship or leading discipleship groups in high school and college, but I actually didn't lead one at IGC. I was a participant. I was really blessed to be part of a discipleship group, and actually two of the women are on this panel. Um, I was asked to come here to advertise how great discipleship <laughs> is. <laughs> so yeah, I just I loved my group. Um, yeah, I loved the women in my group. Um, we actually like the very first um, discipleship uh, session that we had. We talked about like what we we expected from the group, what we wanted out of the group, and I think I think that was really good. It kind of set the tone of the whole discipleship group. Um, but yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> great. Um, any any questions for them? And again, my, my numbers up there. If you guys are too shy to ask, you can text me some questions. Um, yeah, I think we, what we wanted to do is um, some of the feedback we got from the women's is women's discipleship panel was that we wanted to have some perspectives of people who are not leading groups, but they were just participating groups. So we'll have some of that as well. Um, I have a question for you guys. So how did you guys decide to form a group? How did you know who to who to ask, and how did that how did that process take place? Anyone can answer, but. Is there some specific thing that you guys had to think through when you guys were thinking about who to form, and where did you guys draw your people from? Well, most of my guys were in CG, <coughs> so I already kind of had a little relationship established with them, and so you know it's kind of it's kind of just went from there. And then one other guy was um, who was actually looking for a discipleship group, uh, Josh. So. Um, I was just like, hey, you want to you just join mine? And he was like, okay. So it's just kind of, yeah, this is how it happened. Yeah. How many of you guys have started your groups from, with people that were in your CGs? Okay. John, you started a group too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so people with my CG. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mine was from um, someone asked me to disciple her, so I would disciple her for I don't know maybe half a year, and then I really felt like it was it would benefit her most to be in a group, um, and so I started really praying through like who would be in that group, and then I look at the people in my life. I really liked uh, Justin Buzzer's discipleship seminar and his handout like who are your guys, who are your gals, and I really believe strongly that. God has placed people in our lives for a reason, and it's no accident, um, especially because the people in my life weren't necessarily people I would naturally, like, outside of church connect with or be friends with. I really felt like, okay, there's a reason God's putting them in my life. And so there was one other particular person that I just felt a strong call to, and then so um, between the two of them, I kind of formed the group around them, yeah, and then started asking and praying for a few months um, before finalizing the group. Um, for me, I guess the three people that I chose uh, were not really from CG. Um, they were three different people I had in my heart who I saw had a common need, uh, so I thought they would fit well in a group together. Um, and for those particular three people, um, I saw that they were very active in church, and I thought that they needed a place to nurture their own spiritual life um, because they were kind of getting burned out leading other things everywhere. Um, so that was sort of a, a need that I saw that I felt like I could fill at this time. Yeah, I, I was, when you when you shared that with us before, we we actually had a, like a roundtable discussion at roundtable um, <laughs> uh, like a couple months ago, and I got to I got to pick their brains a little bit, and I was really encouraged because Grace was just talking about I was really encouraged about this mindfulness that she saw that the women in her group were people who are serving in the church, and she said it was like a you wanted them to have a place to come and rest, right? Is that what the yeah, phrase, phrase where used? where they didn't have to lead because they lead everything else, um, so this was a place for for them to just participate and be themselves. 
how did you guys decide what you guys would do in the in the time, or what materials would you guys? How, how did you guys decide what you guys would uh, what, what materials to use there? And we talked a little bit about this. Well. So I mentioned earlier that our uh, initial topic was based on calling, and um, the reason why I, I chose that was I, I thought of how um, I, I kind of uh, a lot of my my group was how my group was structured was based on how David did his group, and um, he was talking about how like how deep you guys go and like people are crying and stuff like that, <laughs> and um, I wasn't sure if our group was ready for that, so I, I want I wanted to I wanted us to eventually develop th- these um, these more mature relationships with each other, but you know, with, with guys at least, um, it's difficult to just jump in there and do that. So I thought something that pertains to all of us is just what does God um, one of us? What 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 does His calling on us mean? And um, so that's why I chose a specific topic to center around first. And I think over the over the course of our time, we've become more comfortable with each other, where we can share a little bit more. But that's the reason why I chose a specific topic um, that wasn't as intimidating to begin with. I feel I felt very, very strongly that um, reading the word, being in the word, developing a, a personal, like regular habit of being in the word is kind of like the 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 guiding um, thing that will take you through your Christian life, you know. And you just feel like if you have your devotionals down to a good rhythm, right? Just like you floss your teeth every day, just like you you know eat three times a day. If you're in that that habit of being in the Word regularly, uh, you will. It will be, it, I mean, that will that will lead you uh, on on the path of faith for wherever you go, right? So, I just felt really strongly that that was the most beneficial thing that I could help my my girls um, get into. So that's that's why I chose to do like a personal Bible devotional kind of. Um, group that we would do it together just like you would like join a workout a gym whatever boot camp fitness thing I obviously know nothing about working out but I imagine if you've never worked out and you want to get in shape you got to join together you know and then the accountability from the group will help you eventually do it on your own and get into that habit that was my mentality. Oh, sure. Maybe just as a perspective of somebody that was in a group, the things that I found most helpful, um, one was the, the focus on Bible reading and how, again, that's you know the core of what we do. Um, out of all the materials we read, the ones that were the, the, from the Bible is the ones that cut the most like deepest. Um, and uh, the other thing I, I was going to say is um, just being in the, being in the group and um, listening to people talk and learning how to be an active listener to somebody and respond to their you know not just listening to them and, and uh, praying for them but listening and trying to figure out what they're struggling with and what their um, you know what their core weakness or um, uh, wounds are and trying to um, 
use that knowledge to help them grow in their faith. That was um, something that definitely wasn't taught, but it was something that we, we practiced and we, we watched David do that and um, through our discussions together of um, yeah, people sharing what, what was going on in their life and then digging into that, um, that I thought that was really beneficial. Others? Materials? I think I think one thing that we, we commonly disagreed on was that the, the simplest way to do, uh, the simplest material to use and the best, probably the most effective one, is to read scripture together and uh, to learn how to do that. And I think uh, there's a lot of good books out there, but probably centering around scripture is, uh, is a good way to go. Um, I have some questions that people sent me this week, and so I'm going to ask. And uh, again, we might not be able to answer all these, but um, one of the most common barriers to discipling others is feeling that you're not qualified, right? I don't feel qualified to, to disciple others. How did, is there anyone who up here who felt that way, and then how did you guys get over that fear, or that feeling? So I, I definitely have to answer this, because okay. that was like the number one feeling I felt before, during, um, I, I probably the biggest hurdle, because I had never been in a discipleship group, I've never been discipled. Uh, so I had no idea what that looked like. It was like brand new. So I, at first I read, I read uh, like two or three books about it. And all the books said that it was very important to first have been disciples. I was like, ah, <laughs> totally unqualified. Um, but it said the second best thing was to be a part of um, other people that could walk along with you as you were doing this. And right around then, Christine actually started an email thread of people who are currently discipling groups. And so we got all that thread, and we encouraged each other. We talked about um, logistical things, you know, what are you doing, what materials, what do you do in your groups. And it was just uh, an incredible help and support. I think that one of the most encouraging things I read in my book, uh, was in all my books, was that... Uh, Discipleship is so vital and so necessary, it's worth doing badly. So I was like, all right, I can do it badly. Um, and also, I was haunted by this one group that I started in my early 20s. It was like a disaster. After about three months, I didn't even want to go anymore, even though I was the one who got like four other women to come and meet up every week. It was so discouraging because every time we read scriptures, it was like crickets, right? Like, oh, let's, let's t read this passage to talk about it. <coughs> and then uh, later on, I also found out one of the women in our group was going through something very personal, very intense. And the whole three months she was going through it during, you know, sharing time. And she wouldn't say anything about it. So I was like... What are we doing here? Like, nobody has anything to share. Nobody's talking about anything. Nobody wants to pray about what is truly going on in their life. So that was, like, my one kind of, like, uh, you know, experience with, with being in a group that was supposed to foster intimacy and, and authenticity and vulnerability. And it was, like, horrible. So with all that baggage and all these feelings of like, I don't, I don't know how to do this, uh, I still jumped in because I just, because of just Buzzard Seminar and reading all these books and just 
thinking about discipleship, I just felt like there is no other way to really live out the Christian life. Like, being a Christian is not a, a solo sport, right? You have to do it with people. So it was kind of like, despite all these barriers and these these hang-ups and problems and issues, like, it's still worth pursuing because you have to. There's That's kind of the only real way to live a healthy Christian life. For me, when I started, I felt just didn't know anything about it. And then after maybe three weeks, and after reading this book by Mark Dever about how to disciple each other, it was like, oh, this is so easy. <laughs> so there is kind of a, there, you know, learning, watching somebody do it is really the best way to to learn, and then to go and multiply um, off of that. The part that is most challenging for me, that I think is just ongoing learning, is how to. Um, you know, interact with people and learn how they think, learn what um, what their struggle is, kind of like slowly pull that out of them and try to, you know, all, all, just all this interpersonal stuff um, is the biggest challenge. I think the greatest encouragement is what we've been talking about in sermons all summer, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, like, so when looking at the growth of my group, I don't feel like I taught them anything. Um, I think I created a space where we read scripture, and I think God really speaks to everyone through, you know, their own prayer life through scripture. So God is really doing the work, right? You're just along for the ride almost. Um, You can help facilitate that growth. You can help create opportunities. um, But God is really the one working. So the pressure is not on you to, like, change these people or to make them grow, right? Um, God has his plans for them, so... Amen. I would echo that. That's, that's, that's totally right. Yeah. So good. Um, yes. Um, what kind of things do you think help foster transparency within your group? Because I know there's usually some time where you're getting to know each other, but like, what are the things that help people open up and share more openly and honestly? I think a key ingredient is just time. You know, I think it just takes sometimes months for people to feel safe and comfortable enough with each other to open up. And I think the problem with my previous group in my young <laughs> 20s was I gave it three months and I was like, uh, why are we not like opening up about our deepest wounds? It's been three months. So I, I just think, you know, it's, it's just time walking with people over, you know, a course of, of months, years even. I think it starts with ourselves being open and vulnerable and asking deeper questions. Um, so people feel like, oh, okay, you're going to open up to all of them. I feel safe. This might be a good question for Regina. Like, what makes a participant feel comfortable? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I really think it's where that person is in their, you know, in their life. Like, what they really actually want to get out of the discipleship group. If you want... Um, if you want other people to speak into your life, if you also, if you want other people to be transparent, I think it's what you also, what you contribute to the group. So, um, yeah, you make the group, whatever you want, that's what you get from the group, basically, like how much you contribute. Um, so, yeah. And each person might be different, like in the group, they might 
have, you know, some people might not really want to open up, um, but that's where you meet them where they are in life, right? I think some of it can be coming out of um, your expectations as well as a leader, saying this is, these are all the things that we're going to do together, and just having that same expectation that um, we're not just coming to hang out together and read the Bible and, and pray a little bit. We are going to be serious about, you know, getting into each other's lives. And there were some people in the group that didn't want to share much, and David would just be on them, like, over and over. <laughs> Say something else. <laughs> Say more. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I think practically one thing that really helped, um, helps is, like, if you just start off by sharing your, your, your personal stories. Because if you just, that's the first thing that we did, it was just, like, we just said, okay, for the next three, four weeks, we're just going to go around and listen to each other's stories. And we, some people talk for like an hour just to kind of give them, and I gave them framework for how to talk about it, but just like where, where they've been, how they grew up, what was their environment, what was their family life, you know, what, what are the things, some of the major things that they've experienced in their life, and it just gives, them, gives you an opportunity to, okay, here's the person's life, and you get able to frame it. And then just having that open up, it opens up a lot of doors later on to to like have those discussions and then later someone say, hey, based on like how you grew up and this thing that happened in your childhood, you know, how do you think that affects your spiritual life? Or how do you think do you think it speaks into this thing? And so just like I think that's one practical way, just like hearing each other's stories. Because a lot of times even the guys I was with, I, I have friendships with all of them, I didn't know a lot of their, their stories. Even after years of going to church together, I didn't know about their childhood, I didn't know about their struggles, I didn't know about their college life. Um, so and they didn't know mine, so it was it was good to just do it that way. Um, yeah, I think similar to that, in Grace's group, she did a form of like, spiritual timeline, which I wish I did um, in our group. So something where you're learning like, each other's testimony. But also, with all that said, just to remember that everyone's depth level is different. I learned that after marriage. So throughout your life. Um, what are your thoughts on like unofficial discipleship? Like, So outside of a formal discipleship group, if someone's in your life, did you ever like have a, and this, may, this might be a question for other people too, if you guys didn't, do you guys have a moment where you guys define the relationship, you guys DTR, like we're, we're an official like thing, or is it just like, do you have to be so clear in your relationship about, you know, about your discipling relationship, or can it be more unofficial, can it just be friendship um, with a little bit more intentionality? Um, so that's that was a question this one asked. You have to be like so formal. And obviously, the answer is no. But um, what your thoughts on that in the, in the panel? Talk about that. Uh, so pretty much for me, my very first discipling experience was actually with David. I knew David for like 15 plus years, and I think um, I didn't know I was in a discipling <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was just it, yeah. You didn't know either. It was just like a normal like. He would call me, 
I would go to his place, we'd have some chicken wings, and I'd play like Metal Gear Solid like all day, all night. <laughs> That's how it started, you know, like, and it was just, it was just constantly just, um, just going over to his place whenever I had time, hanging out with him. He would ask me about my spiritual life. Um, there'd be times where, like, as we grew, um, and it took a long time. It was just like time from time. It would, there were many um, instances where. You know, he would talk about how I had to open up and stuff because I was very reserved, and and you know these things took a long time. And then later on, I started doing ministry with him. You know, he started asking me, "Hey, do you want to do like the projectors? Do you want to do like, you know, some of the like the uh, sound systems at our old church?" And I think it was just kind of, I guess what I'm trying to say is it was just a regular like relationship, just having like it was just him just like. Like saying, "Hey, I'm gonna commit to this guy, and I'm going to, you know, just hang out with him. I'm just gonna reach out to him, and I'm gonna just, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna commit. I'm just gonna be there, you know." And I thought that was, uh, and it was there was no like determined relationship. He never came up to me and said like, "Oh, you know, just letting you know, I'm, I'm discipling you." It was never, it was never that. Yeah, it was just, um, it was just kind of like form kind of like organically in that sense so was there a point at which he was like hey it's discipleship you like no 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 yeah, no. yeah. No. I just kind of like he realized it I realized it I was like oh you've been discipling me he's like yeah I've been discipling <laughs> 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 yeah yeah so yeah I think the whole time he was just I think um one of the one of the important thing was he actually just he was just there yeah he made time um and and he, he just, he took time uh, throughout the years to just hang out with me and, you know, intentionally talk to me about, like, scripture and about God and stuff and taught me a lot of things. And and it's also because, you know, he cared, you know, he had a genuine care as well. So, and I think that's important, too, as a disciple. It's like, in terms of, especially not in a group when you're, like, committed to someone, like, you should, you know, show that person that you definitely care. <laughs> yeah, so. Tay and I are very opposite. <laughs> I I don't enjoy hanging out most of the time. I'm not a very social person. But um, discipleship gave me kind of this reason, this spiritual reason why you should be in other people's lives. So for me, there has to be, even if, if I'm not going to like vocalize that, hey, this is intentional, I, I have to be intentional. Like with, That's the very reason why I'm you know building relationships so that I can help you grow in your faith. So I think... In um, in some way, you you know you could spend your whole life hanging out with a brother or sister and not necessarily ever be like God glorifying in that relationship. So I I feel like that's something I do see that we um, we don't have a, a great culture of being free to share about um, the sermon or about faith or stuff that's going on. And some of that is kind of private. You need to build the relationships. But I feel like we should err on being overly intentional of wanting to um, to talk about those things. I think what's important is as long as the discipler, like you know what you're doing, like you, you're, you're being intentional in your conversation with that brother or sister, and you know that you want to be pointing that person to Christ, I think every like whether it's a hangout or it's just like a dinner with the with a sister or brother, 
that could also be a, a place where you're discipling that person. So it's as long as you are intentional and you know what you're doing and you're trying to point that person to Christ, like it doesn't have to be a formal like discipleship group. Um, I think what's what like I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the acronym FAT. Um, being able to identify people that are you know that can be disciple is faithful, available, and teachable. Right. I think what's um, uh, I think what is actually important is, um, yeah, like they kind of touched on it earlier, but it's just as a discipler that you are available and accessible to that person, making your life available to other people. One of my experiences is that there was somebody in my life that I had had regular interactions with, and I could tell that they were going through a really hard time, but lived far away, and so we just didn't talk very often. So I asked him, would you like to talk once a week and just go through a book together? And I was really surprised at like how meaningful that was to him and how it really like changed the dynamic of our relationship. Um, and he just... He was very thankful because he said no one's ever really taken the time and cared enough to do that with me. And so, so I think sometimes it's good to just be informal and just use the time that you have. And sometimes it can be helpful to be a little bit more structured or like regular um, and, and have that time set aside. Yes, um, I think from my experience with our discipleship group, like I'm personally very I need that structure, so kind of it's gone, right? And it's making that clear. And so for our group, we it was very intentional. Where for like for the next six to nine months, every Monday night, this is what we're gonna do. Um, it got to a point where I think a few of us kind of forgot about that. And when we were trying to schedule for the next couple of months you were throwing dates on their calendar of like, you know, I'm available here, I'm available there. And that was totally based on what was most convenient. Right? Um, and then David had to turn us back around and be like, guys, like, I canceled a bunch of things to clear out this time on this day for every week for the next six months. You guys need to do the same. And we're like, okay. <laughs> 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 so if that meant, like, you know, if you're going out of town for the weekend and you want to extend into Monday, no, you don't. You, you place at this time if you have like a work meeting or something and or your teacher at perhaps they're like no you agree at this time. I thought that was really impactful on me because I was like, all right, we are setting the expectation which allowed me to open up more because I was like these guys are here for one very specific reason and um, I want to try that and I want to do as much as I can. So uh, yeah, I found that helpful. I think uh, just in the past like few months, like there's been people that I'm in a, that I'm in like chat message groups with that they'll just say, hey, like we all reading scripture together, can we just share what we're reading? And then they'll post screenshots and share what, what's going on. And just something as simple as that is really like spiritually helpful. Honestly, it's encouraging. And so you can do that with anybody in different ways. So I think part of the part of what we're trying to help people understand is like it's not just like one thing right it's, there's many different ways to do spiritual good to your to your uh, to your fellow brother and sister and it doesn't have to look like one format it can be based on a lot of different things 
Okay. If, I, if I could add on to that, um, I feel like the CG is a, a great format to kind of get used to the idea of discipling. When people are sharing, you can practice those types of um, listening for wounds and weaknesses. You know, think about, maybe take some notes, think about what did they share, how have they, how is their um, sharing progressed over the last four months, not just like week by week. Um, and it gives you a picture of that person. Um, so you can... I, th I think the CG is a great place where we can all, at some level, practice discipleship. And somebody s shares something. Um, it doesn't have to be the leaders, that, the one that's asking all the questions, somebody in the group. And anybody's welcome to ask the follow-up questions or pray. And um, even just meet up outside of the group. Maybe if it's just once, you go out for a coffee or something. And it's like, hey, you should, you know, maybe send them, send them a message. Hey, you, you shared this thing, and it sounds like you're going having a really hard time. Do you want to, like, meet up? And so it, it can be very organic, um, flowing out of the structure of the CGs where we're already, you know, meeting in kind of a formal sense. Great. Um, so this is kind of a, a question about, like, age um, and uh, maturity level. So how, how, how can it be possible, how is it possible for people who are to let's say I'm younger, is it is there a place and space for people to for me to uh, to disciple someone who's older than me or older than you? How does how does that, how do you navigate that? Um, you know how does it always have to be like older people discipling younger people? Um, I, I know that if you're a pastor, you have to you have to disciple people older than you because not everybody in your congregation is going to be younger than you, right? Um, so how does that work? And and this is a question for anybody who, who can answer. Um, might have experience in this area. Um, any thoughts on, on that? That was one of the questions that came. My approach to discipleship is that I'm not the one who has the knowledge that is like, you know, giving my knowledge into these people. It's that's that's why I like going through the Bible and, and not going through books because the Bible has all of the discipleship that we need, and we just have to say it out loud. And then it's the Bible that's discipling you. So I think that kind of, um, in terms of once you're already in a relationship with somebody, um, <coughs> just letting the Bible say the, the things that need to be said and, and <coughs> focusing on that, it helps to take away that um, that idea that you are the one that's uh, initiating all these thoughts. I think sometimes we uh, conflate discipleship with mentorship we think well I have to have like all this experience and knowledge but like John said it's it's uh, it's not there, there's life wisdom we can pass on but ultimately it, it needs to come from God's word and um, just if you if you consider like discipleship in its in its most basic form it's teaching or I mean to be a disciple is to be a follower or, or a student um, and if, if there's no matter who you run into, there's something that you know that this person doesn't. And um, you can just share, you know, like, what, what's God doing in your life? This could be really encouraging for someone. Um, how has he challenged me? Um, just sharing these things about our, our spiritual walk, this can be helpful and encouraging to other people. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think, like, Endeavor's Discipling book, he says, you know, one of the questions is, how do you, what do you do? Like, what don't have all this stuff, you don't really, you're a new believer, you're not that mature, and he just says, hey, share from what you know, not what you don't know, you know, you, you know something about God, God has done something in your life, he's speaking to you, you speak with what you know, you have to speak from things you don't know, I think that's 
Just one quick thing. I, yeah, I think regardless of age, as long as like you're open. Um, so like I'm really good friends with Dorothy, but I and she's younger than me, but I view her as like discipling me all the time. She's always speaking truth to me, calling me out and stuff. And so I view, you know, so it really depends on the person if you're open to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I can say that Tay has discipled me just as much as I've discipled him. I mean, really. I mean, there's time he rebuked me. Don't call me to repentance. You know, stop doing that. You know. So it, it's, it happens in reverse. He was 10 years, I mean, he was saying this when he was in his early 20s, right? And I was 10 years older than him. So, um, so I, I say, I think definitely goes, it goes both ways. You know, out of the mouth of babes. So, yeah. I feel uh, like if you, yeah, you know, you pick people that are in your sphere of influence, you're, you know, you're already, you already know them. There, there's not going to be this. It's not like people are saying, go find people in the church that you don't know and try to build that really it doesn't necessarily have to be that way it can be people that are in your inner circle that you just want to grow your relationship in a spiritual direction also as a side comment I don't think that age is necessarily an indication of spiritual maturity um, so we shouldn't we shouldn't equate those things correct um, I think Paul tells Timothy not to let anyone look down on you because of your age but it set an example for all believers so I think that's, Timothy was a young pastor of Ephesus I think Just to share one more thing, but any any questions or any thoughts, comments? Okay. All right, so I, I want to go through one more time and just share quickly maybe one thing, one encouragement, one experience, one thing, one moment of joy, one ex- expect, uh, realization of growth that you guys experienced during any one of your relationships, any one of your discipling relationships. So, um same or just go and just say really, really briefly something that was, was encouraging or something a joy that you felt. Um, I think from my group, just I, I said this at the other women's seminar, just the relationship that developed after the group, and um, I feel like from the group became like a little mini informal discipleship group amongst a few, just three of the, the women. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say um, remember that. Uh, Everyone that you disciple or want to disciple, or even we, we ourselves, we are long-term projects. And uh, there's, there's a passage um, where Paul says, uh, I planted Apollos water, but it was God that gave the increase. And what it looks like in the church context is we're all going to have multiple points of contact. And these people are pouring into us, we're pouring into them. And maybe in the course of your discipleship relationship, it may not, you may not see a lot of um, growth, but God is doing his work, um, especially if it's based... In His Word, um, God promises that His He's going to do His what He intended to do. So we're we're a part we're a small we're a chain in a long link. 
So I almost feel like doing discipleship for me was like a conversion experience, like a, a clear like before and after because I never really had discipleship before in my life. And now that I'm on the other side, I just I can't imagine not doing it or not living that way because it's it's like how could you not have more intentional depth of, of relationship? And, and how are you supposed to know one another and spiritually help one another without that intentional depth of relationship? Like, I don't even know how I lived without it all these years. <coughs> um, I guess one thing that encouraged me was um, during this time how aligned scripture was. Um, I feel like normally, you know, if I'm reading by myself, I'm like, this is, I don't, at best, mildly encouraging, at worst, really boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right, but if you're in a group, you're seeing how scripture is speaking to you, how scripture is speaking to other people, how it's piercing all of our hearts in different ways, right? Um, at the same time, how <coughs> it's revealing sin, it's restoring us, it's healing us. Um, I don't know, just it's alive. It's um, I think the Bible does everything it says it does. You know, um, I think that was really encouraging. Just yeah, I mean, I grew up in the church. You know, I've read the Bible so many times, right? Um, but having it really be a living sword um, and seeing that. One experience that I really enjoyed, at the end of our program, we all evaluated each other. So somebody would get in the hot seat and everybody would, uh, all week long we were thinking about things that this person, um, are, you know, strengths and weaknesses, and then we would all lay hands and pray for the person. And uh, I had to do that for David, which was really hard to think of <laughs> things that I actually asked Annie. I was like, Annie, give me, I need some. Yeah, but just the idea that, um, you know, our, our culture tells us we have to be polite and be careful about what we say to each other and having the space where you can just, um, you know, let just, you know, say what needs to be said, say, like, truth to somebody, and um, have that, um, yeah, space to do that. Um, I think for me, it's just, uh, just kind of, you know, luckily, my guys are pretty open in a lot of sense. They've um, shared a lot, and they've, a lot of the guys have gone through sharing a lot of their struggles as they went through discipleship, and just kind of seeing, um, and as we're reading the Word and everything, I'm seeing, like, how you know, they're in a, such a hard place in their life, but, you know, just watching them working out in faith and just watching them kind of grow and just seeing them, like, like, you know, like, last month they would say some, like, crazy thing, like, they're upset, angry, and then next month they'd be like, you know, just like, oh, you know, I was reading the scripture and I realized, like, I felt convicted and I really need to, you know, I realized that there's... A, a part of me and my heart and my anger that I need to really deal with, have uh, really wrestle with. So those things are very encouraging for me to see like those small little growths, these little changes that are happening over time. And I think um, really to me encouraged me to show that you know God's word, God's word is alive, and and it, and and you know it is really the Holy Spirit working, and God's really doing something in this group. Even though I feel personally like I'm not like you know. I'm not the best <laughs> disciple or, or like sometimes like underqualified. You know, just seeing that just makes makes me feel like, oh yeah, you know, it's God who's doing the work. And it's encouraging, yeah. Um, so being a part of a discipleship group, I think um, 
what was uh, sorry, I like blanked. <laughs> um, you know, like just being part of a discipleship group. Like it's not that I'm like holier or more spiritual now, or like you know I have a 180 degree change. Um, but what I've noticed is that um, during like every time we meet up how God's word and through prayer, it really speaks to my life and just like the daily acts of obedience. Like, I think, um, you know, I still have the same struggles with sin and temptation, but maybe for that day, there was something I was really struggling with. And it was that discipleship day that we met up. Um, It was God's word and these women who were like bathing me in prayer. It just helped me, yeah, prevented me from like sinning or like falling into that temptation. Um, So it was just like a daily thing um, that I think through discipleship group, it just um, helped me be more aware of the spiritual battles that I I come across and that um, God's word and prayer is so important and community is so important to be able to like fight these spiritual battles. Um, I, I would say for me, like, there's, there's so much, but I think one of the things is like it makes me appreciate all the people who came in my life and decided me along the way. And I met a lot of good older men who've like taken their taken years to teach me things that I didn't want to learn, and I was so hesitant to learn. So as I get older, I'm like looking back and realizing how much time they spent with me and how much how much how many hours they gave of their life to uh, to like talk to my stubborn like heart about things that I didn't want to learn. So uh, that was, it makes me really thankful. And I realized God had always put somebody in my life to uh, to carry me through my spiritual life. So that was, I was really glad for that. So yes, that was, that's for me. Um, I, I want to end. Um, we did three, three uh, seminars. Thank you guys for, for coming to all of them. I was really thinking about Wade's sermon this past week and the questions that he asked us about our church and thinking about what's possible that as you see. And I, I really think about this, about this discipling culture. And uh, we're really at the start, starting stages. There's still a lot of work to do. There's still a lot of like blind spots. We still have a lot of things that we, we're not doing well and we could do a lot better. But just this idea of like having this kind of like, I don't know, like mm-hmm. this kind of almost like a virus that kind of spreads through the culture of the church where we all feel this spiritual responsibility for one another and that we, we do things in our life that we can help each other grow and follow Christ. and. Um, I really foresee, I can see that in like, you know, in some, in some years' time. And so that's what we're hoping for. And I hope that that's in your heart, too, and that we can see that as a church that over the years that our culture can change. That when people come to IGC and they think about what is IGC like, yes, they'll talk about our good sermons and we'll talk about the community, but they'll think, you know, the people here, they really care for each other. They're really intentional about making sure that no one's left behind and that people are, that people's spiritual needs are being taken care of. I, and I really think that that's what I hope for, so that when we all go to heaven, we will present each other mature in Christ, right? I think that's what we want to see. So uh, with that, uh, let me pray, and then uh, we'll get ready for service. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for our men and women up here who have shared their hearts, their shared their experiences. Father, we know that um, at the end of the day, it's it's all always been you. It's always you. It's always Christ who's who's doing all the work in our hearts. And Father, as we heard, it, Apollos watered, uh, I planted, but 
but it's you who gives it. <coughs> so, Father, we give you all glory. May anything that we do here may not may not be attributed to our own works or anyone here, but, Father, I just pray that all glory will be given to you, that we would remember that at the end of the day, we were saved um, for your name's sake and for your name to be exalted. And I pray that um, through our loving one another, our, through our discipling relationships, through the spiritual good that we're going to do for one another in good and small ways, that ultimately we present each other mature in Christ, present, uh, present each other mature in Christ, and uh, continue to proclaim the Jesus that we love and that we know and that we know is worthy to follow. And we just pray that you prepare our hearts now for the word as we jump back into the book of John. I pray that you be with uh, our service and our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.